Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. It's when you keep your imagination, your thoughts, your meditating on the Lord day and night, that's when you have perfect peace. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. This is my third week of teaching on the power of imagination. I've got a brand new book out on this, DVDs, CDs, and I tell you, this is a powerful, powerful uh, message. This has revolutionized my life. I've shared that a number of times, but I know that not everybody watches the program every single day, and I, I wished I had time to put all of it in its context, but this truth about imagining USING YOUR IMAGINATION TO SEE GOD'S WILL COMING TO PASS IN YOUR LIFE, IT HAS REVOLUTIONIZED MY LIFE AND MINISTRY. I'M ACTUALLY HESITANT TO GIVE THE STATS AND TO TELL PEOPLE ABOUT WHAT A BIG DIFFERENCE IT'S MADE FINANCIALLY IN THE, in the NUMBER OF PEOPLE THAT WE'RE REACHING OUT TO, THE SIZE OF THE MINISTRY. I'M HESITANT TO GIVE THOSE DETAILS BECAUSE PEOPLE WILL THINK I'M BRAGGING. I'M NOT BRAGGING ON ME. I'M BRAGGING ON THE LORD, BUT I'M TELLING YOU, IT'S HUGE. OUR INCOME HAS GONE UP OVER 40 TIMES IN THE LAST 70 year, 17 YEARS SINCE THE LORD SPOKE TO ME ABOUT HOW I WAS LIMITING HIM BY NOT USING MY IMAGINATION PROPERLY. IT'S JUST AWESOME. SO ANYWAY, WE'VE BEEN COVERING A LOT OF TERRITORY TALKING ABOUT WHAT AN IMAGINATION IS, ABOUT THIS IS HOW GOD MADE US TO FUNCTION. THE IMAGINATION IS YOUR SPIRITUAL WOMB. IT'S WHERE YOU CONCEIVE EVERYTHING. AND RATHER THAN GOING AND ASKING SOMEBODY ELSE TO GIVE YOU A MIRACLE, YOU NEED TO BIRTH YOUR OWN MIRACLE. IT STARTS BY CONCEIVING THINGS IN YOUR IMAGINATION. WE'VE ALSO TALKED ABOUT HOW THAT IMAGINATION IS A BIG, IMPORTANT PART OF MEDITATING IN THE WORD. YOU CAN'T MEDITATE IN THE WORD WITHOUT USING YOUR IMAGINATION. AND THIS IS ONE REASON THAT A LOT OF PEOPLE READ THE WORD, BUT IT DOESN'T CHANGE THEM BECAUSE THEY JUST READ THE WORDS THEY GET INFORMATION, BUT THEY NEVER LET THAT INFORMATION PAINT A PICTURE ON THE INSIDE OF THEM. AND MAN, THIS IS JUST CRITICAL. THIS IS REALLY, REALLY IMPORTANT, ALL OF THE THINGS THAT I'VE BEEN SAYING HERE. SO, WHAT I WANT TO BEGIN TO DO TODAY IS IF EVERYTHING I'VE BEEN TEACHING FOR NEARLY THE LAST TWO WEEKS IS ABOUT HOW POWERFUL IMAGINATION IS, HOW COME THE BIBLE DOESN'T SPEAK OF IMAGINATION IN A POSITIVE WAY. THERE'S 38 TIMES, AND I FORGET IF THIS IS IN THE ENTIRE BIBLE OR JUST THE OLD COVENANT, BUT I, I REMEMBER THIS FIGURE, 38 TIMES THAT THE WORD IMAGINE, IMAGINATION, IMAGINATIONS IS USED, AND ALL BUT ONE OF THEM IS NEGATIVE. FOR INSTANCE, GENESIS CHAPTER 6, VERSE 5, THE LORD SAID THAT THE THOUGHTS OF MEN'S HEARTS ARE, THE IMAGINATIONS OF THE THOUGHTS OF THEIR HEART ARE ONLY EVIL, CONTINUALLY. AND OVER IN 2 CORINTHIANS CHAPTER 10, VERSE 5, I BELIEVE IT IS, IS WHERE IT SAYS THAT HE CAST DOWN HIGH IMAGINATIONS AND EVERYTHING THAT EXALTS ITSELF AGAINST THE KNOWLEDGE OF GOD. AND SO IMAGINATIONS ARE SPOKEN OF IN A NEGATIVE LIGHT IN EVERY SITUATION EXCEPT ONE THAT I'M AWARE OF. AND THAT ONE INSTANCE IS IN 1 CHRONICLES CHAPTER 29 AND VERSE 18 WHERE DAVID IS PRAYING A PRAYER AND HE SAYS, LORD, KEEP THIS FOREVER IN THE IMAGINATION OF THE THOUGHTS OF THEIR HEART. I ALREADY USED THAT VERSE LAST WEEK, AND THAT'S TALKING ABOUT HELP THEM TO REMEMBER THIS, AND THAT'S THE ONLY POSITIVE USE OF IMAGINATION IN SCRIPTURE. 
I ACTUALLY BEGIN TO STUDY IMAGINATION AND SEE THE POWER OF IT. AND THIS WAS A QUESTION I HAD, THAT GOD, IF IMAGINATION IS THIS POWERFUL, HOW COME THE BIBLE DOESN'T USE IMAGINATION IN A POSITIVE WAY, BUT IT'S ALWAYS USING IT IN A NEGATIVE WAY? AND IT SHOWS THAT IT WAS POWERFUL. LIKE GENESIS CHAPTER 11, VERSE 6, THE LORD SAW THAT NOTHING THAT THEY HAVE IMAGINED WILL BE RESTRAINED UNTO THEM. AND IT WAS ACTUALLY MEN'S IMAGINATION WAS A CHALLENGE TO GOD'S PLAN SO THAT HE HAD TO COME AND DIVIDE THEIR LANGUAGES AT THE TOWER OF BABEL. SO THE BIBLE DOES SHOW THAT IMAGINATION IS POWERFUL, BUT IT TALKS ABOUT IT AS BEING POWERFUL IN A NEGATIVE WAY. SO I WAS SAYING, GOD, IF IMAGINATION is, is, CAN BE USED IN A POSITIVE WAY, HOW COME IT'S NOT USED LIKE THAT? AND I HAD THIS QUESTION FOR YEARS. AND THEN ONE DAY I WAS READING HERE IN ROMANS CHAPTER 8, AND LET ME JUST READ THIS TO YOU. IN VERSE 24, IT SAYS, FOR WE ARE SAVED BY HOPE, BUT HOPE THAT IS SEEN IS NOT HOPE. FOR WHAT A MAN SEETH, WHY DOTH HE YET HOPE FOR? BUT IF WE HOPE FOR THAT WE SEE NOT, THEN DO WE WITH PATIENCE WAIT FOR IT. AND AS I WAS MEDITATING ON THIS AND TRYING TO JUST SEE WHAT THIS IS TALKING ABOUT, IT DAWNED ON ME THAT THE DEFINITION OF IMAGINATION IS THE ABILITY TO FORM A MENTAL IMAGE OF SOMETHING THAT IS NOT uh, SEEABLE WITH YOUR EYES, NOT PRESENT OR NOT REAL. IT HADN'T COME TO PASS YET. AND I, AS I LOOKED AT THIS, THAT'S EXACTLY WHAT HOPE IS. THIS IS SAYING THAT WE'RE SAVED BY HOPE, BUT HOPE THAT IS SEEN IS NOT HOPE. IF YOU CAN SEE IT, THERE'S NO REASON TO HOPE FOR IT. YOU KNOW WHAT? I'M NOT HOPING THAT SOMEBODY WILL BRING ME A CUP BECAUSE I'VE ALREADY GOT A CUP. I've, it's, IT'S NOT IN THE REALM OF HOPE ANYMORE. HOPE IS WHEN YOU ARE BELIEVING SOMETHING, YOU ARE ANTICIPATING SOMETHING THAT HASN'T COME TO PASS YET. IT'S NOT SEEN. AND THIS IS EXACTLY WHAT YOUR IMAGINATION IS. WHEN I USE MY IMAGINATION TO BUILD THESE BUILDINGS, TO EXPAND OUR MINISTRY, TO REACH OUT, TO SEE PEOPLE RAISED FROM THE DEAD, AND ALL OF THE TESTIMONIES THAT I'VE GIVEN THE LAST uh, WEEK AND A HALF, I WAS SEEING THINGS THROUGH HOPE. AND SO ANYWAY, HERE'S MY POINT. I BELIEVE THAT THE BIBLE CALLS a, a POSITIVE USE OF YOUR IMAGINATION HOPE. HOPE IS JUST YOU SEEING GODLY THINGS, NOT NEGATIVE THINGS. IF IT'S NEGATIVE, IT'S NOT HOPE, IT'S DREAD, IT'S FEAR, IT'S WORRY. BUT WHEN YOU USE IT IN A POSITIVE WAY, IT BECOMES HOPE. AND HOPE IS JUST YOUR ABILITY TO SEE SOMETHING THAT YOU CAN'T SEE. IT SAYS RIGHT HERE, uh, THAT WE'RE SAVED BY HOPE, BUT HOPE THAT IS SEEN IS NOT HOPE. SO HOPE IS ALWAYS SOMETHING THAT'S IN THE FUTURE, SOMETHING THAT'S NOT PRESENT, SOMETHING THAT'S NOT A REALITY AT THIS MOMENT. AND THAT'S EXACTLY THE REALM THAT IMAGINATION WORKS IN. YOU'RE IMAGINING SOMETHING THAT ISN'T ALREADY REAL. YOU KNOW, I DON'T HAVE TO IMAGINE THAT I'VE GOT A CUP BECAUSE I'VE GOT ONE. IT'S ALREADY HERE. I'M NOT IMAGINING THIS. THIS IS ALREADY PRESENT. BUT YOU KNOW WHAT? THERE ARE THINGS THAT I NEED. FOR INSTANCE, I'VE GOT OTHER BUILDINGS THAT GOD IS WANTING ME TO BUILD, AND RIGHT NOW, I'M IN A, a STAGE OF IMAGINING THOSE THINGS, SEEING MYSELF DOING IT. THAT'S WHAT THE BIBLE CALLS HOPE. SO I'M RIGHT NOW in the, IN THE STAGE OF HOPE. AND JUST AS I'VE SAID LAST WEEK, WHEN I STARTED TALKING ABOUT IMAGINATION, THERE'S PEOPLE THAT IMMEDIATELY JUST DISCOUNT IMAGINATION. THEY THINK THAT THAT'S FANTASY. THEY THINK IT'S SOMETHING THAT WE SHOULDN'T DEAL WITH. WE OUGHT TO DEAL WITH REALITY. WELL, LIKEWISE, HOPE HAS BEEN GIVEN A BAD NAME. AND YOU WILL HEAR MANY CHRISTIANS. I JUST HEARD ONE THIS LAST WEEK. 
SAY THAT, MAN, YOU'RE JUST HOPING SO. YOU AREN'T IN FAITH. AND THEY PUT HOPE DOWN AS IF IT WAS SOMETHING BAD. LET ME TURN OVER AND READ THIS VERSE TO YOU OUT OF 1 CORINTHIANS CHAPTER 13. AND THE SCRIPTURE SAYS, THE LAST VERSE, NOW ABIDETH FAITH, HOPE, CHARITY, OR LOVE, THESE THREE, BUT THE GREATEST OF THESE IS CHARITY. SO IT SAYS FAITH, HOPE, AND CHARITY. THE GREATEST IS CHARITY. YOU WOULD SUSPECT THAT IF IT'S LISTED IN THAT ORDER, WELL, THEN THE SECOND GREATEST WOULD BE HOPE, AND THEN THE THIRD GREATEST WOULD BE FAITH. ALL OF US KNOW THAT WITHOUT FAITH, IT'S IMPOSSIBLE TO PLEASE GOD. HEBREWS CHAPTER 11, VERSE 6. AND I'M NOT TRYING TO DISCOUNT FAITH ANY AT ALL, BUT I'M SAYING THAT HOPE IS REALLY IMPORTANT, TOO. LET ME TURN OVER AND READ THESE PASSAGES THAT I'M SURE MOST OF YOU HAVE HEARD, BUT MAYBE WITH THE EXPLANATION I'VE GIVEN, IT'LL GIVE YOU SOME EXTRA INSIGHT. HEBREWS CHAPTER 11, VERSE 1, NOW FAITH IS THE SUBSTANCE OF THINGS HOPED FOR, THE EVIDENCE OF THINGS NOT SEEN. IT DIDN'T SAY THAT FAITH IS THE SUBSTANCE OF THINGS THAT DON'T EXIST. THEY DO EXIST. THEY'RE JUST IN THE FUTURE. IT IS GOD'S WILL, I BELIEVE, YOU KNOW, FOR INSTANCE, IT GOES ON TO SAY RIGHT HERE, FOR BY IT THE ELDERS OBTAINED A GOOD REPORT. THROUGH FAITH WE UNDERSTAND THAT THE WORLDS WERE FRAMED BY THE WORD OF GOD. IF YOU'VE BEEN LISTENING TO MY WHOLE TEACHING, I STARTED LAST WEEK ON MONDAY TALKING ABOUT PSALMS 103, VERSE 14, WHERE IT SAYS, THE LORD KNOWS OUR FRAME. HE REMEMBERS THAT WE ARE BUT DUST. AND I WAS TALKING ABOUT THAT'S LIKE OUR SKELETON. THIS IS WHAT HOLDS EVERYTHING ELSE UP. THIS RIGHT HERE SAYS THE WORLDS WERE FRAMED BY THE WORD OF GOD, SO THAT THINGS WHICH ARE SEEN WERE NOT MADE OF THINGS WHICH DO APPEAR. IT DIDN'T SAY THINGS THAT DON'T EXIST. THEY DID EXIST. THEY WERE SPIRITUAL REALITY. AND GOD SPOKE, AND HIS WORD, HIS FAITH GAVE TANGIBILITY, PHYSICAL REALITY, TO THINGS THAT EXISTED IN THE SPIRITUAL REALM. GOD HAD THOUGHT THROUGH ALL OF CREATION. MAN, I COULD SPEND HOURS TALKING ABOUT THIS. I'VE MEDITATED ON THIS, AND I JUST HADN'T GOT HOURS TO SHARE ON IT, BUT GOD THOUGHT THROUGH EVERY LITTLE DETAIL OF CREATION. HE DIDN'T JUST SAY, LET THERE BE AN EARTH. MAN, HE COULD HAVE SPENT THOUSANDS OF YEARS CONTEMPLATING EXACTLY HOW THE EARTH WOULD BE, HOW EVERY LITTLE SINGLE THING INTERACTED, HOW WATER ACTS, HOW uh, AIR ACTS, AND JUST, HE THOUGHT THROUGH EVERYTHING, AND THEN HE SPOKE IT INTO EXISTENCE, BUT IT HAD ALREADY EXISTED IN HIS HEART. HE HAD SEEN THIS WORLD. HE HAD SEEN CREATION. HE HAD SEEN EVERY ANIMAL, EVERY PLANT. HE HAD SEEN EVERYTHING. IT WAS IN HIS IMAGINATION. HE CONCEIVED IT, AND THEN HE GAVE BIRTH TO IT BY SPEAKING, SO THAT THINGS WHICH ARE SEEN WERE NOT MADE OF THINGS WHICH DO APPEAR. THEY EXISTED BEFORE, BUT THEY EXISTED IN THE IMAGINATION OF GOD. SO, GOING BACK TO VERSE 1, FAITH GIVES SUBSTANCE TO THINGS HOPED FOR, THE EVIDENCE OF THINGS NOT SEEN. LET ME SAY IT THIS WAY. IF THERE ISN'T HOPE, WHICH IS WHAT I BELIEVE IS WHAT THE BIBLE CALLS A POSITIVE IMAGINATION, FAITH HASN'T GOT ANYTHING TO GIVE SUBSTANCE TO. YOU KNOW, CHARLES CAPS WAS A FRIEND OF MINE. I DIDN'T KNOW HIM INTIMATELY, BUT I... KNEW HIM AND VISITED WITH HIM A FEW TIMES, AND I REMEMBER CHARLES CAPS GIVING AN ILLUSTRATION ABOUT A MAN WHO LIVED IN THE BACKWOODS SOMEPLACE AND ONLY CAME OUT ONCE EVERY FEW YEARS FOR SUPPLIES. AND ANYWAY, HE CAME TO A CHURCH SERVICE, AND IN A CHURCH SERVICE, EVERYBODY WAS IN THERE, AND IT WAS GETTING HOT. IT WAS IN THE SUMMER. PEOPLE WERE BEGINNING TO FAN THEMSELVES. AND SO AN USHER COMES UP AND TOUCHES THIS LITTLE THING ON THE WALL, 
And within just a minute or so, this man began to start feeling cold air blowing on him. And he thought that was the greatest thing he'd ever seen. So as soon as the service was over, he went up to the usher and he says, what did you do? You touched that little thing on the wall and I started feeling cold air. And the usher said, what are you talking about? And he said, he pointed to that thing and he says, well, that's a thermostat. And this, you know, that didn't come in very often. It was living way out in the country. He says, can anybody get a thermostat? And he said, well, sure. And he says, where do you get one? He said, at a hardware store. So before this guy went back into the backwoods, he went to a hardware store. He bought a thermostat. He stuck it on the wall of his cabin. And when it started getting hot, he went over there and turned the thermostat. And he just couldn't understand why no cold air began to blow. But see, what he was missing is that thermostat wasn't the power unit. It wasn't the air conditioner. It just controlled the air conditioner. The air conditioner, when you turn that thermostat, that made the power unit kick on and begin to start producing that refrigerated air. And in a sense, that's a good example of the way faith and hope operate. Faith is the power unit. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Faith is powerful, but it is activated by hope or a positive imagination. If you aren't hoping, your faith doesn't have anything to work towards. You know, my wife and I, one time, we needed a car. The car we were driving was just about gone. But we weren't quite to the place of replacing it yet, but we started thinking about it, and we decided we would go to a car dealership and just ask some questions. We didn't have the money. We weren't ready to buy, but we just wanted to start the process. So we went there. And you know, car salesmen, they understand what I'm talking about. They understand about the power of hope, imagination. And so we went and we just wanted to know how much are we going to have to pay? What is the cost on this? Uh, we wanted to know what the warranty was, how long it would last. We wanted some comparison with some other cars. So it was all things that were, I thought, were very smart and logical, non-emotional. And we just wanted to start the process. Well, this car salesman would not let us do that. Before he'd give us the details, he said, oh, no, well, come here and sit in the car. And I said, I don't want to sit in the car. And he says, no, you need to sit in the car. You need to see yourself in this car. Then he talked us into taking the car around the block and driving it and having a test drive. Can't you see yourself in this? Man, doesn't it feel good? Doesn't it smell good? And you know what? We didn't intend to buy a car, and we didn't that day, but because he put us in that car, we saw ourselves in it, we touched it, we felt it, we smelt the new car smell. Did you know I went home and stayed up half of the night trying to finagle and figure out how could I afford this? How how much can I afford to pay? And all of a sudden, once hope was there, once he put me in that car seat, once I saw myself in that car, and it was so smooth and it was so nice compared to ours, it was rattling and, and, not, and the shocks were bad and things like this. All of a sudden, man, hope was present and boom, just like that faith began to kick in. How can I do this? And I started working on it. And see, that's the way it is. A lot of people are trying to get the results, but they haven't got the hope going. Faith is what motivates, or excuse me, hope is what motivates your faith and makes it kick in and start working. So it's actually accurate to say that, yes, if all you are doing is hoping and there is no action and you aren't really moving into faith, 
well, then that's not going to get you the desired result. But on the other hand, if all you're trying to do is act and do the right things, but you're in your heart, you haven't conceived it, you don't have the hope, first of all, that's not going to work either. Faith, hope, and love all work together. And so the first step in a person being healed is before you can believe in healing, you have to hope in healing. And I think that there's a lot of people that just say, oh, no, that's wrong. I'm not hoping at all. I believe in God. Well, hope isn't the end result, but it is a necessary step. You know, if the doctor tells you that you're going to be in a wheelchair the rest of your life, you may not be able to just jump up out of that wheelchair right now. But can you see yourself just taking a step? Can you see yourself standing on your own? You know, Carly Teradez is a good friend of mine, Ashley and Carly Teradez. They worked for me for over 10 years. Now they're out ministering on their own, and I, they just see miracles happen. Their daughter, Hannah, was healed of an incurable disease when she was just three years old. And we've got a video about that, Hannah's testimony. But anyway, I've come to know Ashley and Carly, and over the years I found out that Carly had something. I forget now what it was, but she was in a wheelchair, and she could not stand. And she didn't just have faith to get up out of the wheelchair and run. But you know what? She was one day by herself, and she says, I've got... She had hope that she could just stand. And it took her like, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes to pull herself up and get into a standing position, pulling on something in her home. And so she took that step. And then as she was standing there, she says, I've got faith that I can take one step. And so she took one step. And when she did that, she says, I can take another. And pretty soon she got to where I can go 10 or 15 feet to the front door. And over a, an hour's period of time, she had been totally in a wheelchair, unable to even stand. She got to where she stood. She took 10 or 15 steps. She got to the front door. And by that time, her faith had built up so much that she walked two miles to where some of her friends were playing tennis, and she actually played tennis that day. And she had been confined to a wheelchair, couldn't even stand just a couple of hours before. Did you know what it did? She didn't do it all at once. She had hope come in her that maybe I can stand, and she took that, and then that enabled her, and she just started in that direction. There's some of you that are fighting things right now that, you know what, you don't have the, you don't have the faith to just totally quit all of your medication, to quit everything and just believe, God, your face not there. But you know what? You need to turn the thermostat. You need to start hoping that, Father, can I just decrease this medicine? We got a brand new testimony about a young boy that was born with kidney problems and was on dialysis from the time he was born until I forget the exact time. I think it was three, four, five years, something like that. And his mother just started believing. She didn't have the faith for the whole thing, but she started hoping and she would take a step. And over a period of, I don't know, six months or a year, something like that, he's totally off dialysis. He's totally healed. And those things don't ever reverse. This is an absolute miracle, but it didn't come all at once. And it's not because God is limited. God can do everything instantly, but we are limited. You may not be able to believe for the full manifestation of everything all at once, but you can start taking steps. Did you know when I started building buildings and believing God to do things debt-free, the first one I believed for was $3.2 million. 
And that was a huge stretch of my faith. But I hoped that I could do it. I saw it come to pass, and that increased my hope. So the next building I built was about $21 million. And I believe for it debt-free. And then the next building was 50-something million dollars. And I believe for it debt-free. And on and on it goes. And, and it just keeps increasing. You may not be able to believe for everything, but you can start hoping. You can start moving in that direction. And then faith will, be, will provide physical proof for what you've hoped for. Just like when I went and looked at that car. I didn't even really want one at that moment. It was a pragmatic decision I was making, not an emotional decision. But after seeing myself in that car, after feeling it, after smelling it, my hope was up and immediately my faith went to work in how can I bring this to pass? Some of you need to see yourself well. You need to hope that you're well. That's hope, a future. In the future, I'm going to be well from this. I may not be there today, but I can see myself. You need to start dreaming and imagining. You need to imagine yourself prosperous. You need to imagine yourself doing what God called you to do. And maybe you aren't there today, but you're moving in that direction. When you start imagining it and hoping, which is what I believe the Bible calls a positive imagination, you have begun the process. You may not have arrived, but you've left. And as I've said many times during this teaching, once I see something on the inside, once I get a strong hope, and I know it, then it's just a matter of time until my faith will bring it into manifestation. I know that. I mean, I am absolutely confident of that. I've got a sign that I put up in my boardroom that's a quotation from the book of Acts where Paul was talking, but it says, Fear not, brethren, for I believe there shall be a performance of those things which were told me by the Lord. I'm constantly shocking all of my board and my staff members with these big dreams that I've got. And sometimes they're a little shocked, and I'll just point up there and say, Fear not, brethren. There shall be a performance of these things that God has told me. Once I get it in my imagination, once it becomes hope, I can guarantee you faith is going to bring physical manifestation to that hope. There is an unseen realm, and we are, we are limited. When all you do is operate in this seen realm, and you don't get into the emotional, the spiritual part where you, by your imagination, are embracing things and seeing things. I'm telling you, this is powerful, and that's what this book is all about. This is a brand new book entitled The Power of Imagination. The subtitle is Unlocking Your Ability to Receive from God. And I tell you, this would be a deal changer for you. I've also got this in CD, and I've also got it in DVD. Two DVD sets. One was taken from television, the exact teaching that you're watching, and another one was taken from a live meeting. But I promise you that this teaching on imagination is something that's rare. Not very many people are talking about it, and sometimes when they do talk about imagination or seeing something, it's not based on the Word of God. I believe that this is a biblical approach to an imagination. Hope is what the New Testament calls it. And if you can understand this and grab a hold of it, it will change your life. Listen to our announcer and please call or write today. Learn how to put your imagination to work for you when you get Andrew's brand new book titled, The Power of Imagination. 
This book is available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This new series on the power of imagination is also available as a CD or DVD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar or in a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast. Each are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. These valuable resources are also available in the Power of Imagination package. This package includes Andrew's brand new book, as well as your choice of the CD or the As Seen on TV DVD album. The Power of Imagination package has a catalog value of $50, but you can get it today for a gift of only $35. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. You can order resources or become a Grace Partner through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or call our helpline Monday through Friday from 4.30 a.m. to 9.30 p.m. Mountain Time at 719-635-1111. To write us, use the address on your screen. We appreciate your generosity and hope to hear from you today. I tell you, I'm excited. God is going to do something special during these meetings. I am enjoying this conference so much, I literally cannot wipe the smile off my face. Seeing Andrew is great, and being able to meet him was awesome. He speaks into your life like no one I know. God has given us everything that we need in seed form, and the Word of God has to be sown in your heart. Man, that is powerful. I love the word that he teaches. It's straightforward. It's the truth. Uh, he compares it with scripture every single moment. In your spirit, you already have been healed. By his stripes, you were healed, 1 Peter 2.24. You've already got the mind of God, 1 Corinthians 2.16. And you're already blessed, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Andrew's teaching and the love that he has for God's word and truth, it is the gospel truth. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a quick look at how the friends and partners of Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College are enabling Andrew's free teachings to bring healing and deliverance to families around the world. Families like the Aikens, whose son Colt was diagnosed with kidney failure shortly after birth. The next few years brought constant dialysis treatments with no hope of full recovery, until a friend introduced them to Andrew's free online teachings, and the family learned to stand for their newest member's healing. The Bible just came alive to me. There were verses that I just couldn't let go of. Things like, you know, if you speak to the mountain, that, that it will move. And if you lay hands on the sick, that they shall recover. I lay hands on Colt. And when I lay hands on him, I'm yelling and screaming, whatever's bad, get out. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you are healed. To watch Colt's full healing journey, visit awmi.net today. I want to let you know that we are doing what we call a live Bible study every Tuesday night at 6 o'clock Mountain Standard Time 
We are broadcasting from our facilities here in Woodland Park, and we are just sharing the word. I teach for about 25 to 30 minutes, and it's actually live. You can text in your questions. You can call and ask for prayer. You can get product, but we will answer as many of your questions as we can, about 25, 30 minutes worth of teaching and maybe 25 minutes worth of answering questions. It's just a great interactive thing every Tuesday night 6 o'clock p.m. Mountain Standard Time.